0: Welcome to 66 Lessons for Life, the weekly radio program recorded live at the Naples Conference Center in Naples, Florida. Taught by our teacher John Garepa, an attorney who guides us in the way of wisdom with a biblical worldview. You're invited to join us for the study. We are in Gospel of John, Chapter 12. Turned out a new outline for you. A couple of thoughts I wanted to just bring together from our previous outline, which Relates to verses 35 and 36. Because that's going to relate to what we're going to talk about today. In that verse 35, Jesus said, Jesus told them, You are going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. The man who walks in the dark does not know where he's going. Put your trust in the light while you have it so that you may become sons of light. When he had finished speaking, Jesus left and hid himself from them. That is the last public pronouncement Jesus would make, effectively, to the, to the multitude. Every announcement that's going to take place, every other preaching that takes place will now be a private preaching to his disciples. This is the last one that he's making publicly. And this is important. And I'm going to speak about this today. There, and as I've studied this, this is something that I've come to realize uh, in my older years as I've studied Scripture. I always, thought, I always thought that you had forever to make up your mind about accepting Jesus Christ. And that is not the case. That is not the case. What, what you're seeing here is Jesus demonstrating, and he's going to speak about it even more poignantly in the verses that follow, that there is a season there is a season for you to accept the Lord Jesus Christ and if you get to the point that you repeatedly refuse to listen and accept the words of Jesus Christ uh, and we're going to talk about that it's an issue called the hardening of the heart that what happens is God turns off in his justice he turns off the opportunity to accept him Uh, and it only happens, it only happens when people repeatedly have refused to listen and accept Christ. Have you ever wondered while you hear some of these confirmed atheists uh, and, and repeatedly go right to their deathbed and, and refuse to hear anything about Christ? and you wonder, how can that be? How can they ignore all this volume of information? This is exactly what happens when you spend a lifetime turning it off. And turning it off in in so many ways that God says, if that's where you want, if that's what you want, then I'll let you slide down that chute. That's the choice that you made. So we're going to hear about that and understand what it means, why Jesus said you have a time to walk in the light. You need to understand that, what it means to have that time to walk in the light and what our responsibilities are regarding walking in the light. So now we're on to verses 36 to 41. And you can follow as I read along with it. Put your trust in the light while you have it, so that you may become sons of light. When he had finished speaking, Jesus left and hid himself from them. Even after Jesus had done all these miraculous signs in their presence, they still would not believe in him. This was to fulfill the word of Isaiah the prophet. Quote, Lord, who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For this reason they could not believe, because as Isaiah says elsewhere, he has blinded their eyes and deadened their hearts so they can neither see with their eyes, nor understand with their hearts, nor turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said this because he saw Jesus glory and spoke about him what an incredible understanding uh, of the theology of God uh, and Jesus Christ as you've seen it and so here we see John speaking out almost in wonderment as he writes the Gospel of John remember now this is writing in about the year 88 90 or so this is about 60 years after Jesus died on the cross and he's, he, he's writing not only about the time that Jesus was alive, but he's writing afterwards. It's He is astonished that the Jews have not and masse accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. He, he, he finds it hard to understand. And so as you see this, he's reflecting back, well, what does the scripture say about it? Uh, and what he says, and he's one of many early preachers that focused on this, they went back and saw the prophecies of Isaiah that related to the coming of the Messiah, and saw that God had exactly prophesied this would take place. And that verse that you see here comes right out of Isaiah 53. uh, And and we're going to speak about that shortly. uh, Those verses about the fact that Jesus would not be accepted by his own. And so anyone who would have had a knowledge of the scriptures would have known that Israel would not have welcomed Jesus. If you had read Isaiah... If you had studied Isaiah, you would have understood it. The problem was, as I told you this before, is that the Jews during this period of time had not been taught about the prophetic books, had not been taught about the prophecies, and so they lay largely ignorant. The masses did. Certainly the religious elite knew it. But the masses did not know about it. And so here it is. You see that God, 800 years before Jesus would come, writes through Isaiah that these people will reject Jesus. doesn't matter what he does, they will reject him. And so what will happen will be that God will foreclose the Jewish nation. Uh, he will foreclose the Jewish nation at some point from accepting Christ and will allow the Gentiles to stand in their stead uh, and, and until the last days when in fact Israel will come to accept Jesus Christ. But this is an important part to understand where we are now. So this is the precise issue that John is dealing with in this, in this section. He's asking, why would the nation of Israel as a whole not believe in Jesus Christ? Miracle after miracle after miracle. All the prophecies of the scripture being fulfilled as we know today, we go back and say it. And so what he's saying here is he's saying that the answer, the very answer is in Scripture. And what he's saying here, he cites in verses 37 and and, uh, 38, he is citing uh, Isaiah. Now turn to Isaiah 53, uh, verses uh, 1 to 3. And you know this is the great chapter in Isaiah that speaks about the coming of Christ. 800 years before, verse 1. Who has believed our message And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? The answer there is no one. No one has believed our message from Israel. No one. He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering, like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. How do you like that? How do you like that? sends shivers up my my spine when I realize that God wrote this, and I'll say God wrote it. He took the pen of Isaiah, but he moved the pen. He wrote this 800 years before Christ would be born. And you understand. And somebody will say to me, well, I don't understand it. Did God predestine this? No, God did not predestine. God does not predestine you to failure. God knows it's foreknowledge. He knows that the moment that you are created, as as the molecules for your creation come together, He looks at it, and in His divine foreknowledge, He knows what you'll do. He knows what you will do. He gives you the freedom to make the choice, but he knows what you will do, and he will give you the grace to accept him. But what you're seeing here is he recognized that corporately, as a nation, yes, individual Jews would come to Jesus Christ. Look at the disciples. Certainly, we know that. But as a nation, as a religious elite, as people that looked at the scriptures and called themselves the people of God, that these people would not institutionally accept Jesus Christ. Uh, and it's a sobering a sobering statement as you see this. Uh, and, and so you see that he would be despised. He would be rejected. They would not accept him. Uh, and, and this is why I told you in the last weeks why Jesus preferred the title of Son of Man. It was because he, un- he needed to show to people, look, I am. you're looking for a political messiah. You're looking for some attractive, physically attractive king, almost like King David, that would draw people to them in his attractiveness, his physical attractiveness and charisma. You're not getting that this time. God isn't going to do that to you. You're going to get somebody who would not be physically attractive, who you would not be drawn to physically, but you would be drawn to spiritually. And yet they rejected him. And you see this question. And so it's amazing. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? The answer is no one. No one. No one in that nation, really, as a a representative of institutional uh, Judaism. And so this chapter, John... Chapter 12 goes on to show the consequences of the failure to believe. And this is what I spoke to you about a short while ago. There are consequences when you fail to believe. God gives you a time. He gives you an opportunity. He gives you a season. God is unbelievably patient and long-suffering. And he will give you many, many chances. He will bring them to your door. But as you repeatedly say no, no, no. At some point, at some point, what happens is a hardening of the heart. What that means is God says, all right, if that's what you've decided, if that's your choice, then I'm going to let that choice be confirmed. I will judicially let that choice be be confirmed. Uh, And you see this. And so John's quotation cannot be construed in any way to lessen the responsibility of men and women for their own disobedience. Did you hear what I said? This quotation that we're reading here in John chapter 12 about the consequences uh, of of refusing to accept Jesus Christ and what happens. This does not remove the disobedience and the responsibility from the Jewish people who heard the message. God doesn't uh, predestine you to failure. God doesn't predestine you to hell. You go there. All by yourself. Alright? You go there all by yourself. And so we need to understand this, even as these verses come before us, and we understand this, this doctrine. And so it is also true that as a result of their disobedience, God increasingly blinded their eyes so that they could not see or understand or be converted. And you look at that in verse 39 and 40. Uh, And it says there in John 39 and 40, For this reason they could not believe, because as Isaiah says elsewhere, verse 40, He has blinded their hearts and deadened their hearts, so they can neither see with their eyes nor understand with their hearts, nor turn, and I would heal them. Now that's a a citation to Isaiah chapter 6. Take a look at that. I just think it's, it's amazing when you study Scripture and you see how God has tied everything together. All right? It's unbelievably hum- humbling. All right? And, and here you see uh, Isaiah chapter 6. The, the occasion for these verses is that King Uzziah has just died. And King Uzziah was a righteous king, uh, he was an, a very fair king. And now Isaiah the prophet is mourning the loss of this king because it's a young king that's replaced Uzziah and he's concerned now for Israel. It cannot be the same. The loss of this king was so critical, it cannot be the the same. And now God is preaching and teaching Isaiah that I, God, the sovereign creator of the universe, I'm still on the throne. It doesn't matter who the king is. That's what I tell you about presidential elections. All right. And uh, yes, we vote. Yes, we care. But you don't lose your mind and throw yourself off a bridge. All right. And here's the here's the here's the essence of that in Isaiah chapter six. Uh, and you see it in the year that King Uzziah died. I saw the Lord seated on a throne high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. He gives him. He actually gives him uh, a a vision, and a, a vision of of what of what God is like and what he will see. And so it's important because this is all going to be tied together uh, in this set of verses. And so we need to understand this. And, and, And so the point of what I'm saying here is that it is a theological mistake to interpret these verses by putting the blame for their hardening on God. All right? God was not hardening them from the beginning. They had free will to determine themselves and make their own choices. God, men begin, and this is important that you understand this, men begin by being unable to choose God. You got that? Men begin by being unable to choose God. We are dead men walking. It is only when you recognize that you're lost, that you're hopeless, that you have no chance, That when you get that understanding of yourself, and you reach, open up, and look at God, and say, I need help, that God gives you the grace, the grace to have faith. And through that faith, for you to reach out, reach up to Him, and ask Him to intervene, and to change your life. That's what happens. And so let's understand this, that man was on able to choose God, but that God gave him the power to do it. And so when men decide, no, I'm not choosing him. I'm not accepting him. I'm not going to go down that path where they instead choose to go their own way that after a while, I ignore this message. I ignore this scripture. I ignore this evangelist. I ignore this miracle. Look at miracle after miracle after miracle. No good. People being raised from the dead No good. Uh, Paralyzed people walking. No good. Blind people seeing. No good. Can you understand? Can you understand why God judicially says that's it? That's it? The curtain comes down? And you understand this. It's important to understand this. And so God judicially then, after a while, hardens the heart. You got that? God judicially hardens. Hardens the heart. Uh, and and you know it's like when I spoke to those students at Florida Gulf Coast and someone asked me why do I have to make up my mind about this now? I'm in the flower <laughs> of youth. Yeah. I want to wait till I'm older. I said like eighty or ninety, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. You know, that's good. Eighty or ninety yeah. is good. I'll have a chance to sow my wild oats, it's good. And, and and then as if to think that the season for you to choose God stays open forever. Mm. And you've lived a life, of of effectively a life, unto yourself. All you've done is elevate yourself. And now you think in your 80th or 90th year, you're going to sit down and change the nature of your thinking. Oh, please. You know, one of the things you realize about getting older is that you get harder in your ways. Don't you? It gets harder and harder for you to change the way you, you, you conduct yourself as you get older. You know that. I just had a birthday. I can confirm that with you. There's no question about that. And so you understand this. And so God judicially hardens the heart. And this is is supported uh, by Paul's writings. If you have any doubt about this at all, turn to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, verse 20. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power... And divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. And let me stop and say what he's saying here. He's saying, look, don't worry about these people who say they've never had the gospel preached to them or have never seen a Bible. The creation surrounds them. The sky, the stars, the sun, the moon, the mountains, the sea, it's all there. It surrounds them. God has created them in their heart to have a hole in their heart that looks at this and to understand somebody bigger than I made this. Alright? And that's what he's saying there. They're without excuse. They're without excuse. Verse 21. For although they knew God, meaning they knew the higher power, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him but their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. you beginning to understand what went on here in Gospel of John chapter 12? Even though they saw the power and handiwork of God, they saw the Son of God, they refused to accept it. And Paul is explaining this doctrine. And as their futility gets greater and greater, their hearts are darkened. Although they claim to be wise... They became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. There, folks, I give you mankind. Okay, there is mankind with all of his intellect that he winds up being in a universe created by the the sovereign God and winds up worshiping birds and reptiles instead of understanding who who the creator really is. Verse 24, and this is key. Therefore God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Amen. Amen. There it is. There it is. So you sit today and you wonder, how can this all happen? How does our world seem like it's, it's going south That everything is imploding? It's been written before. There's nothing new taking place. What do you think? This has all happened before. He's writing about this 2,000 years ago. They refused to accept Jesus. It didn't matter about the miracles. It didn't matter about the scripture foretelling who it was. They ripped it all up. Don't tell me. I don't want to hear it. Well, it's like, it's like that Jewish man that I know that I, I speak to periodically about Jesus. And I'll say to him, "How do you, tell me what you do when you read Isaiah 53. And he says to me, no, I don't like to read things that can undermine my faith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. You're right about that. But you see, that's what happens. That's exactly what happens as you go down this path. And you don't choose to follow God. And you see this in so many ways. You you understand this. This is an important doctrine to understand. Uh, And it's not the first time. This is not the first time. By the way, look at verse 28 in that same chapter. Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them, that is God, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. How do you like that? How do you like that? You wonder why? You wonder why you're seeing all the things in our current culture blowing up. All this stuff about transgender bathrooms. All right. I mean, seriously, you're seeing things that you never thought you would even contemplate before. And you're wondering, oh, what's going on? Oh, the political system. Oh, we need better leadership. No, you need God. I don't care who you elect. You need God. This is sin. This is sin at its very simplest element. It is sin. This is what happens when the world refuses to acknowledge God. And it's going to get worse. It is going to get worse. You're just beginning to see it. This is going to slide down and down. And you wonder why, those of you who have studied books and and topics about the last days, you wonder why the world will come to worship the Antichrist. This is what's going to happen. When you don't accept Jesus, you don't accept God, and you're going to want, you're going to believe a lie. And the lie is going to be the Antichrist. And that's why the world is going to come out and embrace this hateful person uh, who will be the emissary of Satan. And it will take place. Why? Because of what you're seeing right here. God gives them over to their depraved minds. That's what happens. That's what happens here in John chapter 12. God is, is, is saying this, and you have to understand this. It's important uh, because people don't talk about this too much. You know, we don't like to see these kind of things. You know, you want to come to church and you want to go, oh yeah, God loves me, yes. And I'm going to be able to speak to other people and bring them to Jesus, yes. Oh, we're all going to be together in heaven, Yes. But yet, listen to this word. This isn't John Garippa saying it. It's, God. it's John the Apostle saying it. It's God saying it through Paul. It's Isaiah saying it through God. There is a time. There is a season. And when you repeatedly refuse to accept God, when you look at others, when you elevate yourself, and eventually God will give you over to a depraved mind. And so you wonder, you wonder why, how this could have happened during the times of Jesus. How can this happen? How can it happen? Well, if you read scriptures, you would have known it would have, it would have been so uh, obvious. Now, this is not the only time that we're going to read about the issue of hardening. Uh, we're going to see a good example of it back in Exodus. Turn to Exodus chapter 7. And this is Pharaoh. And God is going to visit Pharaoh with a number of plagues. In order to compel him to let the Jewish people go. He promised Abraham 400 years earlier. Your people will be captive in a nation for 400 years. But eventually they will be released. And this is now the prophecy of God being revealed. And now you look at verse 13. Exodus chapter 7 verse 13. And what we see here is that Moses had thrown down his staff. And his staff had turned into a snake. All right. Uh, and then what happened? Well, Pharaoh had his magicians throw down their staff and their staffs became snakes. does it? What does that mean? It means that Satan has power. Right. All right? <laughs> don't think that Satan doesn't have power. Don't think that there are not black arts out there, dark arts that could take place. Let me tell you folks, don't go fooling around with fortune tellers. Amen. All right. Bible's very clear about that. Don't go fooling around there. All right, don't go fooling around with that stuff. And so what you see here is that the magicians threw their staff down and their staffs, the seven staffs became snakes. But what happened? Moses' snake winds up devouring all of the others. All right, uh, and you see that in verse 12, each one threw down his staff and it became a snake. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Yet Pharaoh's heart became hard and he would not listen to them. Just as the Lord had said, uh-oh, you understand? Warning, you were sliding down the path. God hadn't hardened his heart yet. You understand? He hadn't hardened his heart yet, but he's sliding down the road. All right? And this is what happens. Look further on. Look, look at verse 22. Same, same uh, chapter. But the Egyptian magicians, and this again, Moses had turned the, the Nile River blood, uh, uh, bl- th- uh, turned it into blood. But the Egyptian magicians did the same thing by their secret arts. Probably what that was is some container of water. It wasn't certainly the Nile, some, something, maybe a pond. The Egyptian magician, magician did the same thing by their secret arts, and Pharaoh's heart became hard. He would not listen to Moses. And Aaron just as the Lord had said instead he turned and went into his palace and did not even take this to heart and all the Egyptians dug along the Nile to get drinking water because they could not drink the water of the river can you imagine this God tells him the water is going to turn into blood the Nile River the very life-giving source for everything in Egypt I'm going to turn it into blood and he does not believe it's God his heart wasn't hardened yet. Not yet. That's coming. Look at chapter nine. Now that now boils, boils are inflicted upon all the people. Can you imagine? Just all all of them have boils as a result of this. Um, look at verse eleven. The magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils that were on them and on all the Egyptians. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. And he would not listen to Moses and Aaron just as the Lord had said to Moses. You understand? Okay, I gave you a chance. You stood in front of the power of God. You saw God being exhibited and you said no, no, no. Finally, guess what? You want no? I give you no. Now you have no. Now your heart is hardened. Now you will not listen and the destruction is going to be reaped upon you and upon the rest of the people of Egypt because of your of your hard-headedness and refusal to understand what I'm about. Look also at chapter 10, verse 20, verse 18. Moses then left Pharaoh and prayed to the Lord, and the Lord changed the wind to a very strong west wind, which caught up the locusts and carried them into the Red Sea. Not a locust was left anywhere in Egypt, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not let the Israelites go. Have I made my point? Mm -hmm. You understand, I've taken you through the Gospel of John. We, we stopped in Romans, and Paul spoke about it. And now I bring you back to Exodus, demonstrating the hand of God. There is a time, there is a season, there is an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ. But it's not forever. And when you repeatedly, repeatedly in the face of... Of the power of God and the Holy Spirit. You see the manifestation of God. You see who Jesus is. And yet you say, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to know it. I refuse to accept it. The curtain comes down. Let that never happen to anybody that you know. Let it never happen to anybody you know. Our job is to continue to be the messengers. We are not the judicial determination. Only God is. God judicially determines. And we'll continue this next week as we continue with uh, John chapter 12. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, I thank you, Father, for the words that you've given us, for the warning, Lord. Our hearts are sobered as we understand what this means, the great gift of salvation that you've given us for a season. And we leave here today understanding that with a, a greater urgency for those members of our family who have not yet accepted because we don't want them to be caught when the season changes. Lord, bless our people, protect them this week, wherever they go, and bring them back safely to continue the study of your word as we put all of this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening to 66 Lessons for Life, the men's Bible study taught by John Garippa and recorded live at the Naples Conference Center in Naples, Florida. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding so that you, the man of God, would be thoroughly equipped for every good work. For more information about the program or attending the Naples Men's Bible Study at the Naples Conference Center, go to our website at 66lessonsforlife.com.